Hey, listeners, welcome back. Uh, this is part two of the Ridgeway Grandfather Clock episode. A manual so long it took two hours to talk through it. And I'm excited to get into the second half of the manual. It promises to be more thrilling, I think. I, I peeked ahead. I looked at it, not too much, but I looked at it enough to know that what's in store for you over the next, I think we have about eight more pages, give or take, of manual, could be mind-blowing. So exciting that it lulls you to sleep, that oxymoronic. So, without further ado, we're going to get right into part two of the Ridgeway Grandfather Clock. Page 8 starts with a heading that's in bold, all caps, underline, general information. Uh, And then um, below that to the left it says, uh, in all caps, bold, product information label. The product information label identifies the clock model number and serial number. The clock model number and serial number are essential for obtaining parts or service. The product information label is located in several locations outside the shipping carton, back of door, back of the clock, top of the clock, inside the top back corner of the clock, or inside the clock above the back of the dial. Refer to this label when contacting us or your dealer. For easy reference in the future, take a moment to record these numbers in the space provided in the service information section, parentheses page 12. Attach your sales receipt to this manual for future reference. And then on the to the right of that paragraph we have a uh a box uh that's that's there for you to fill in your model number and your serial number. So there's a spot for you to, to write your model number, your serial number, and then above that it's labeled product information label. And then back to the left of the, the page Below the product information label paragraph, we have, in all bold, all caps, moving your clock. Care should be taken whenever you move your clock to ensure that all uh, all accessory parts, such as the pendulum and weights, are removed and packed properly to prevent damage. Never, all caps, wind a cable drive movement without weights installed. Next, in all bold and all caps, how to remove slash install the top side panels from the clock. Your clock may have wood or glass top side panels. When removed, you have access to the clock movement and chime area. The panels may be held in place during shipment by tape or a plastic clip. In order to remove the panel, reach in through the front door and turn the plastic clip or remove the tape. Then follow these steps. Number one, grasp the wood slats or knob with the tips of your fingers. Be careful not to push on the grill cloth or glass as you might separate it from the wood top side panel. Number two, lift the top side panel up. It rests in a groove on the bottom edge. Number three, push the bottom edge of the top side panel toward the center of the case while at the same time pull the top edge down 
and out of the groove in the top of the opening. Number four, tilt the top edge of the top side panel toward the case center. And final step number five, remove the top side panel from frame opening, bottom end first. And then right below that, number five, in bold writing it says, when installing wooden or glass top side panels, reverse steps one through five. Great, and then below the written instructions, we have the visuals for step one, two, three, four, and five. Um, so step one, where you grasp the wood slats or the knob with the tips of your fingers. Um, so basically, what we're seeing, I'll back up, um, each image is pretty much the same. Um, it's it's uh, front on, it's got a hand, uh, a left hand, that's holding on to the handle, and there are different arrows that are going to, in each step, they're going to show us where you're going to, what direction you're going to push this um, this panel. So on the first one, the hand's grasping the wood panel, and the two there are two arrows at the top pointing up, and so we're we're saying we're going to push that up, and then the second step, we have um, two arrows. Once you've pushed it up, we have two arrows um, pointing down at the top. And then also right at the bottom of the panel, there's an arrow pointing um, diagonally down and to the left. And then step three shows, now that the panel is pushed in, it shows an arrow at the very bottom to the right pointing up right by the hand and then so it, it, the door is starting you can see that it's pushed in slightly now the image shows that and then in step four the image shows that we're twisting the left hand is twisting so there's an arrow pointing down right above that left hand and then at the bottom right of the panel it's an arrow pointing to the left and curved as if to twist it so we're tr now the the door the panel itself is being pulled out backwards and out and then step 5 there is an arrow at the top of the panel that's showing the arrow's pointing to the right and it's uh, it's looking like it's clockwise and it's showing that the the doors the panel door is being pulled out so the images are corresponding with the steps that were written all right, last part of page eight, all caps, all bold, glass features. Note that minor character marks are created by the glass marking, glass making, excuse me, processes such as heat bending, cutting, or polishing. These character marks are visible to the eye. They are natural and are not considered as flaws. When cleaning glass, use a non-ammonia glass cleaner. Never spray the cleaner directly on the clock. All right, page nine. The heading, all caps, all bold, raising weights. The weights must be raised every seven, and then the numeral seven, days, or the clock will stop. That's frequent. I know nothing about how often you're, or frequent you should raise weights for a clock, but that, that seems frequent. Maybe it's normal. Below that, all caps, all bold, floor clock, cables with pulleys. Weights that are suspended by cables with pulleys should be raised by using the crank provided. 
all caps, do not, uh, and then underlined as well, do not lift the weights by hand while cranking. Insert the crank into the crank holes located in the dial face, parentheses C figure 15, which is to the right, and I'll describe that in a second, and turn the crank counterclockwise. This will raise the weights. So what we have to the right is, again, the front view um, that we discussed in part one of the episode, front view of the clock. We're seeing the, um, the numerals, the 1 through 12, and uh, we have a couple of parts, three parts labeled. To the right, there is a, well, there's several holes uh, on this image. To the right, there's one hole right below the three, in between the three and the four. And there's a narrow point to that. That is the crank hole. And then uh, the crank goes in there. So right below that, we have an image of a crank. Um, that There's a narrow point into that. That's where the crank goes in. And then we also have two other crank holes. Um, so there are there's the one big circle that the numerals 1 through 12 um, go around. And then there's a small circle inside. And that small white circle at the very bottom of it, so right above the 6, there's a crank hole. There's an arrow pointing to that. And then there is an arrow on the opposite side of the clock. Uh, mirror image from the one on the right. Um, this is between the 8 and the 9. There's also that crank hole. Back to the left side of the manual. All all bold, all caps, floor clock, chains. And then below this we have, um, still in all bold, all caps, important. Pull straight down on the chain. Do not, and then we're back to just only bold, lift up on the weights, as this could cause the weights to come unhooked from the chains. Pull down on the loose end of the chain until the weight is approximately 2 inches from the bottom of the wood movement mounting board, parentheses C figure 16. So we'll go over to figure 16, and we have uh, the weight that we saw, or I described. Maybe you could see it uh, in your mind as I so-so described it. Uh, we have the weight, and it's hanging vertically, and there's a chain attached to it, and then there's a left hand with that cotton glove on and it's holding on to the other end of the chain so there's uh, the weight on the right the chains pointing up and then it sort of stops and then you see another chain um, coming down and that that uh, to the left of it and that's the chain that the hand is holding on to there's an arrow pointing up directly from the weight on the right and then there's an arrow pointing down uh, right below the cloth gloved hand All right, back to the left. All bold, all caps, regulating timekeeping. Changing the speed of timekeeping is accomplished by moving the pendulum disc up or down. The pendulum disc is moved up or down by turning the adjustment nut. To slow the clock down, move the pendulum disc down by turning the adjustment nut to the left. To speed the clock up, move the pendulum disc up by turning the adjustment nut to the right. See figure 17. Let's see what figure 17 has to show us. So this is on the right. This is below the image I just described of the weight. 
So we have a few parts here that are being um, used to uh, visually describe regulating the the timekeeping and changing the speed and screwing the adjustment nut. So in figure 17 we have uh, the pendulum disc at the bottom of the image. Uh, the two uh, cloth gloved hands are holding on to it. One, the right hand has the bottom and the right hand uh, is working on the adjustment nut. The left hand is holding on to the left side of the pendulum disc and there's an arrow pointing to what the right hand is working on and then that arrow goes back to a, a, a circle and what this circle has in it is a zoomed in um, view of what that of the bottom of the pendulum disc and that's the adjustment nut. There's a you can see it in that image and the uh, it's labeled adjustment nut so that hand is um, is twisting that. Um, the right hand there are arrows circling snaking really around the wrist of that that hand and it's showing um, which way to twist it to speed it up or to slow it down so the slow it down arrow um, is on the left pointing to the left the speed so uh, clockwise the speed it up arrow is pointing to the right above the pendulum disc we have the lyre or the leer I actually don't remember how to pronounce that. I want to say it's the Lear, um, L-Y-R-E. Um, now I'm forgetting. I'll have to look that up. And then above that, uh, at the very top, the hook. All right, back to the left. So uh, we're still in the regulating timekeeping portion. So uh, in all bold, we have day one and four steps. So number one. Select a time of day that will allow you to check your clock at the same time for at least six days. And step two says record time selected. And there's a, um, a long underline, a space for you to record that time. Check three, check correct time. Or step three, check the correct time. And then step four, reset the minute hand to the exact correct time. Alright, so then in all bold, day two, three, four, five, and six, in parentheses, if necessary, there are five steps. Step one, check correct time. Step two, compare time shown on your clock with correct time. Is your clock fast or slow? Step three, turn the adjustment nut on the pendulum. One complete revolution equals approximately one-half, in parentheses, one slash two, uh, minute, fast, or slow per day, parentheses, 24 hours. Accurate time adjustment varies for every pendulum. And step four, check correct time. And final step five, reset the minute hand to exact correct time. Next section, all bold, all caps, automatic nighttime shutoff, parentheses, available on some models. Some clock models feature an option which will automatically silence the chime and hour strike between the hours of 10.15 p.m. and 7.15 a.m., parentheses, last chime at 10 p.m. and first chime 
at 7.15 a.m. End of parentheses. Use the lever on the left-hand side of the dial to select this option. If your clock remains silent between 10.15 a.m. and 7.15 p.m., you need to reset the clock hands back 12 hours. First, take the movement out of nighttime shutoff, then move the hands backwards 12 hours, rotate the minute hand, parentheses only, counterclockwise to the correct time. And then next section and final section on this page, all bold, all caps. Illuminated cases, parentheses, available on some models. Some clocks have lights illuminating the inside of the clock case. Carefully remove the paper sleeve from the light bulb before operating the light. Alright, moving on. Page 10 of the manual. We have our next, uh, next selection, and this is an all-bold, all-caps, CHIME selection. Selecting the CHIME melody is accomplished by a selection lever on the clock dial. Some models play only the Westminster chime, while others give you a selection of three melodies. Some models also have an automatic chime sequencing feature. This feature allows the movement to automatically change the chime selection every hour. Selection of the chime sequencing feature, or one of the three chime melodies, is done with the selector lever. I wonder if I knew about the ability to change the melody for our regulator clock back in the day, if I would have, just to add and introduce some variety into the the monotonous chime that grew to inform and influence my every waking moment in that house. Maybe I would have left it as is. Moving on. If the dial states, quote, chime sent, end quote, your clock has only the Westminster chime. If your clock has a triple chime movement, the chime lever identifies the melody choices. All floor clock movements have the Big Ben hour gong, which will count the hour, on the hour. All caps, do not, end of all caps, attempt to move the chime selection lever while the clock is chiming. Doing so could damage the chime mechanism. See figure 18, which is to our right, and I'll describe in a second. See figure 18 for when it is safe to move the chime selection lever without damaging the movement. So what we have here in figure 18 is a circle, and there are minutes demarcated, so five in five-minute increments, 60 at the top, and then five-minute five increments working their way around from the, uh, the right clockwise. And at the top it says, in all bold all caps, move chime selection lever only when minute hand is in safe time area. So there are areas of time, sections of time, that are blocked off in, and they're all bolded out. They're in black. And then there are areas that are in white that are the safe times. 
two um, that you can move the, the chime selection lever. So the first one um, is between the 60 and it looks like, I guess, the one minute and the four minute. And there's a small little white sliver, and that arrow is pointing there. There's three other areas of safe time. There's one from the 60-minute mark to the 25-minute mark. So there's a little white pie slice there that says in all bold, all caps, safe time. And then there's another little um, black pie slice that isn't safe time. And then we have from the 31-minute mark to the 40-minute mark, another white pie slice, all bold, all caps, safe time. And then we have another black pie slice. It's not safe to move the chime selection lever at that time, so don't do it. You could damage the mechanism. Just don't, whatever you're thinking. And then our final area and opportunity for safe time. The 46, this pie slice runs from the 46 minute mark to the 55 minute mark. And uh, that's all, all white with the all bold, all text safe time. And then it's the final pie slice from 55 to 60. Uh, and the one minute mark is the black. The time not to change or move the chime selection lever. All right, moving on to our care and maintenance section. So that's written there in all bold, all, all caps. Your clock requires little care and maintenance. That's great, especially considering um, you don't want to have to move it very much. Listed below are steps you can take to maintain the exceptional quality of your clock. And these are listed in bullet points. So the first bullet point says, Wind your clock every seven, and then the numeral seven, days. The next bullet point, keep the door locked. Next, wax and polish your clock cabinet as frequently as you do your other furniture, which, depending on how frequent you wax and polish your other furniture, you might want to increase the frequency with which you do that to your Ridgeway grandfather clock. Use a non-silicone liquid or paste wax when waxing and polishing. Next bullet point, avoid exposing the clock to direct sunlight and protect from extreme temperatures and humidity changes. Prolonged exposure to direct sunlight may fade the finish, while extreme temperature and humidity changes may cause the wood to split or crack. Next bullet point, Check periodically to ensure that your clock rests firmly on all four levelers. This is especially important the first few months if the clock is on carpet. As the clock's feet settle into the carpet, it could become unbalanced. Adjustment to any of the four levelers may be needed. And then next, check the weights occasionally to ensure that they are still tightly assembled. And then the final bullet point under care and maintenance. It is recommended that your clock movement be oiled every two, then the numeral two, years from the date of purchase and thoroughly cleaned every five, five to ten, ten years, depending on climatic conditions. That's, I've, I've, I'm not sure I've, I've ever seen the word climate 
turned into climatic in my life, depending on climatic conditions. First time in my life. This took me reading a Ridgeway Grandfather Clock Manual for a podcast to see that and how it's used. I like it. Well done, manual writer. Extremely dry, humid, or salty air, heat or cold, may necessitate more frequent servicing. We do not recommend that you service the clock movement yourself. Neither do I. I'm not an expert, but I, having gone through this manual this far, I don't recommend that you service it yourself. Contact an authorized service center. Uh, parentheses C service information section. All right. So what we have next is uh, a trouble. I don't know if this is the official troubleshooting section, but um, it might be where it starts. I, I'd have to look forward. So we'll see. We'll see what happens as we move forward with this. But um, the text is centered, so we have a a, a middle centered um, text here for troubleshooting, all bold, all caps, underline. We of course know troubleshooting is pretty important to try and figure this out. Um, although I will say, as I read the bullet point above that says, we do not recommend that you service the clock movement yourself. Okay, not the clock movement, because I go straight into thinking about troubleshooting and how we shouldn't be servicing anything or trying to troubleshoot anything. We should just have a, someone come and fix it for us. But let's see what troubleshooting has to say. So under that heading, we have ensure that all instructions provided with your product have been carefully followed. These instructions will provide detailed information to answer most questions. Contact our website for a list of frequently asked questions that may conveniently resolve your problem or answer your questions. And then below that, um, left aligned now, all bold, all caps, difficulty turning the moon dial. So we are into troubleshooting. Let's get into it. If the moon dial will not rotate, parentheses, as described in the setup operations uh, caps step four, this may indicate that the gears which automatically advance the moon dial are engaged. To correct this, rotate the minute hand backward three and one half hours as described in uh, all caps step five of the setup operation. If you are still unable to rotate the moon dial, the click spring may be out of alignment. Not all moon dials use a click spring, however. You can identify, quickly identify if your clock does. You can locate the click spring on the back side of the clock dial by looking through the side access panels, side hinge doors, or through the removable back access panel. Parentheses C figure 19. So figure 19, I'll slide up to this um, in just a second. I'll finish uh, the the last bit of this instruction and then we'll we'll describe that. Um, use your finger to pull the click spring approximately one half inch back away from the sawtooth moon dial and then release. The click spring and dial should snap into proper alignment. If the click spring is in its proper location and you still feel resistance when trying to advance the move dial, all caps. Do not force it. So figure 19 is above and to the right of this troubleshooting 
um, just, uh, instruction on the manual on this page. So we have an image. So the back image, there's two images, and, and one of them is really just a circle that um, contains a zoomed-in look at the, the, um, the, the gear and the sawtooth. So the back image is the moon dial. There's an arrow pointing to that, and it says moon dial. And then we have an, so that's the, that's a circle, a, a jagged circle with the sawtooth um, around the outside. And then the arrow, there's an arrow that points to a piece right on the bottom right of that moon dial, and we're zoomed in, and then the other circle that is now to the front left of the image of figure 19 is our click spring. And it's zoomed in so you can see all the individual saw teeth saw teeth is that right all the individual notches and the click spring is uh, is clicked um, right into one there and there's an arrow that points to that and says click spring so that's figure 19 moving on page 11 of our manual we're going to continue with our troubleshooting next section all bold all caps clock does not chime at proper time if the clock chimes more than one minute before or after the proper time, the minute hand should be removed and adjusted. And then in bold and all caps, CAUTION. Now we just have bold. When performing this operation, be careful not to scratch the hand knot, hand or dial. And we have seven steps here to troubleshoot if the clock does not chime at the proper time. And then we have a figure 20 to the right that I'll get to after describing. Step 1. When the clock starts to chime, stop the pendulum and record the time. Step 2. Using pliers, carefully remove the small nut that holds the minute hand in place by turning the nut counterclockwise while at the same time Hold the minute hand with your fingers near the small nut. Step 3. Remove the hand from the hand shaft by grasping it with your fingers at the point where it attaches to the shaft. Pull the hand straight off. This hand is not screwed on and should come off easily. The minute hand has a small raised area on the back side directly around the shaft hole. This is the hand bushing. Using pliers, Grip the bushing firmly by its sides so that it cannot slip in the pliers. With your other hand, turn the clock hand forward or backward the distance necessary to chime at the correct time. Parentheses, see figure 20. So, to our right, we have, uh, in all bold all caps, backside of minute hand. And there is a circle with a black square in it. The... The label for that is the bushing, and then we have an arrow pointing down, and we're showing two hands. We have the pliers uh, in the hands, and the right hand um, is got a hold of the, I guess if I'm going back to step three, um, you're, you're holding on to the bushing. So um, that's the, the image above that is just a zoomed in look at that um, bushing. So it's holding on to the bushing, and the left hand has, uh, has a hold on, and they're, they're twisting it there. So just a zoomed-in version of that. Uh, step four, 
Reattach the hand to the shaft and turn the hand nut finger tight. Make sure the hand points to the correct location that you recorded in step 1 plus any corrections you made in step 3. If the hand does not point to the correct mark, repeat steps 2 and 3. I'm just thinking to myself that I would probably have to read over these instructions several times if I were to be troubleshooting this to do it right. Or maybe I'd read them over several times the first time before um, going forth uh, with it. Step 5. Snug up the hand nut with the pliers. Do not over tighten. Step 6. Start pendulum. And then step 7. Final step. Reset the time by moving all caps only the minute hand counterclockwise parentheses backwards as described in step 5 of the setup operation. And then below that we have an all bold all caps example and then just in cat or excuse me in bold clock chimes at 110 but should chime at 115 so they're going to give us this is this is pretty helpful so now that we've went through steps one through seven they're going to give us an example of what that would look like with the time so uh, step one so this is for clock chimes at 110 but should chime at 115 step one when clock chimes at 110 stop the pendulum and record the time of 110 Step 2. Carefully remove the small nut. Step 3. Remove the minute hand. Grip the bushing by its sides and turn the hand forward 5 minutes. Okay, so in the image, um, the image uh, figure 20 that I described before, that left hand was holding on to that minute hand and the right hand with the pliers was, was holding on, um, uh, gripping the bushings. The bushing, excuse me. So grip the bushing by its sides and turn the hand forward five minutes. Step four, reattach the hand so it points to 115. Attach the hand nut finger tight. Step five, snug up the hand nut. And there's a, there's a, a fun little typo here. All the other steps are step four, colon, and then it describes a step. Um, step five is step colon five so the the colon was out of order there that's a it's a fun little manual typo for us step five snug up the hand nut step six start pendulum step seven reset clock to current time all right there's our clock does not chime at proper time troubleshooting on to the next one all bold all caps clock does not strike the correct hour. If after several hours of operation your clock does not strike the correct hour, grasp the all caps hour hand only, end of all caps, and move it forward or backward to line up with the correct hour on the dial indicated by the number of times the hour strikes. Rotating this hand independently will not damage the clock. If the minute hand needs to be reset, parentheses to correct time, Move the minute hand counterclockwise, parentheses backwards, as described in step 5, setting time. Alright, and then our last troubleshooting uh, on this page, at least, is all bold, all caps. Clock will not chime or strike. Let's see what we have to do to, to try and fix this issue. There are seven steps listed. 
Step 1. Make sure that the selection lever is not in the, quote, silent position, or halfway between two chime melody positions. And then it says question mark there, which, if you're reading it like Ron Burgundy, an anchorman would read it, would read, make sure that the selection lever is not in the silent position, or halfway between two chime melody positions? I'm assuming a typo there. But a fun one at that. Grandfather, Ridgeway Grandfather Clock Manual Writer. Step 2. Make sure that all the packing material is removed from the movement area. Step 3. Make sure that the weights are hanging in the correct location. And then uh, there's not a period there where there should be, but um, after that, check the label on the bottom of each weight to ensure proper location. Step 4. For models with nighttime silencing, make sure that the clock is not in the nighttime silence mode. Parentheses. Reference. C. In all caps. Automatic nighttime shutoff option. End of all caps. In general information section. Step 5. Check hammer adjustment and correct chime tone as necessary. Step 6. Move the chime selection lever to a different melody or to, quote, silent. And then finally, step 7. It is possible that the styrofoam blocks located above the cable pulleys are binding the cable. Carefully remove the styrofoam blocks by lifting the blocks straight up until they clear the cable pulley. Then gently push them back through the cables. Do not use tools to remove the blocks. Do not permit the cable to overlap on the drum. Alright, we're ready for page 12 of the manual. We're getting close to the end, but not before some final troubleshooting tips. Or not tips, these are actually specific ways to fix issues that you're having. So, uh, not tips at all, ways to troubleshoot. So, the next section, all bold, all caps, chimes have the incorrect tone. So, this page, like many of the others, will have the, the text on the far left and then the corresponding figures on the right that are a visual this uh, representation, description of what they're describing with their text. So, under chimes have the incorrect tone in all bold and all caps. Do not adjust chime hammers. Now we're just bold unless the chime tone is incorrect. Chime tone, end of bold, may be affected by the hammers resting on the chime rods or striking the rods off center. Although the hammers were set at the factory, it is possible for them to get out of adjustment. For most clocks, it will not be necessary to adjust chime hammers. There are different types of chimes, parentheses, rods, and tubes, please find yours below. All bold, all caps, chime rod, and then just bold, hammer arms are made of brass and can be safely bent. If necessary, end of bold, adjust hammers so that they do not interfere with each other while moving or striking the chime rods. This is accomplished by bending the hammer arms slightly in the middle so that each hammer rests approximately one-eighth inch from each rod, uh, parentheses C figure 21, do not, all caps, bend the chime rods. Chime volume cannot be adjusted on a chime rod movement. 
Alright, and so on figure 22 to the right, we have the chime rod to the right, which is just a very narrow, um, small tube, really. And then the hammer arm, which is to the left. And then there's a sort of a one-inch gap between the two that they've marked off on figure 22 there. Next, all bold, all caps, chime tube and then just bold hammer arms are made of spring steel all bold uh, or all caps now too do not and now just bold bend the hammer arms the clarity of sound is determined by the distance between the hammer and the chime tube this is typically 1 16th inch parentheses see figure 23 so on the right here we have the the chime hammer on the far right and we have the um, the chime tube, and there is, goodness, there is, if we're looking at that, the distance between these two is one sixtieth of an inch, and it's marked off there. They, they show a tiny little gap between the two, and arrows pointing to it, and the distance that you should have between those two. However, this distance can be adjusted by loosening or tightening the thumb screw attached to the hammer string, parentheses see figure 24. Important, if the tension is too strong or the string is too tight, it can cause the chime to stop during the chime process. So, figure 24, which is below figure 23, we have the chime tube on the left, we have the um, hammer, so that's on the left, and then we have the hammer tension screw, the hammer string, which is in between, a little string, in between the thumb screw at the, the top right here um, on figure 24. Note, all in all caps, the hammer tension screw is set at the factory and, it, and is, uh, all caps, not adjustable. Alright, next section, all caps, all bold, weights do not drop at the same level. When the automatic nighttime shutoff feature is selected, and on some models the quote silent feature, the center weight will drop at a faster rate than the other weights. Okay. Next section, and I believe our last troubleshooting section, is all bold, all caps, clock will not run. Although it is not recommended that you repair your own clock, you should check these items before contacting us, your dealer, or an authorized service center. Parentheses C Service Information Section. Do not attempt any adjustment you do not feel confident in making. And I, that seems like a pretty, pretty sensible suggestion and advice to be making. Whether or not you get to that uh, <laughs> at this point in the manual, um, hopefully when they're installing it, they're pretty much say the same thing. You know, if anything's wrong, this can be a pretty complicated machinery. Just um, just call us in or have someone come look at it. So there are 13 steps to check in if the clock will not run. Step 1. Has all the packing material been removed from the movement area? Has the pendulum guide spring clip been removed from the back of the movement? Did you try restarting your clock? Being, quote, in beat is necessary for your clock to keep running. Step four, are the weights hanging in the correct location? Hanging in the correct location? Check each weight bottom for proper location. Number five, 
Is the pendulum hitting the weights or chime rods? If so, check the level and stability of the clock. Number six, is the clock level? Number seven, has a pulley come off the cable or chain off the sprocket? Step eight, do the hands operate without interference? Do not let the hour hand hit the second hand. If the second hand is rubbing the dial, pull it out slightly. If the hour hand is rubbing against the back of the minute hand, the hour hand should be pushed closer to the dial. Parentheses, put your thumbnails on the center portion of the hour hand and push. Step 9. Did you check the click spring on the back side of the moon dial? Step 10. Did you remove the styrofoam blocks before they became loose through normal operation? Parentheses typically occurs after 8. Numeral 8. Hours of runtime. 11. Did you check the suspension spring? If it is damaged, it must be replaced. Parentheses see figure 25 to our right. And we have the suspension spring that also has, um, so it's just a, a small vertical piece with a few parts on it. The suspension spring at the very top left. The verge pin, um, which is sticking out of the, the middle of this piece. The pendulum guide at the very bottom. And then on the right, we have the verge. And then up above that, at the very top middle, the thumb screw. And then the very top right, the pendulum post. And then step 12. Is the verge pin properly located in the slots of the pendulum guide? If not, reposition the verge pin. Parentheses, see figure 25. And then finally, step 13. It is possible that the styrofoam blocks located above the cable pulleys are binding the cable. Carefully remove the styrofoam blocks by lifting the blocks straight up until they clear the cable pulley. Then gently push them back through the cables. Do not use tools to remove the blocks. Do not permit the cable to overlap on the drum. All right, we are nearing the end. We have two pages left of the manual, and we're getting to it. We're going to start with, and we're on page 13 here. It's 14 pages, at least, of the, um, the English section. In all bold, in all caps, underlined, limited warranty. This product has been manufactured using only the very finest of materials and has been thoroughly tested prior to leaving our manufacturing facility. Ridgeway Clock Company warrants to the original consumer slash purchaser or recipient that this product will be free from defects in material and workmanship under normal use and service for a period of two years from date of purchase. Ridgeway Clock's obligation under this warranty shall be limited to repairing the product with new or renewed components or, at its option, replacing it with a new or renewed product. This warranty does not include damage to product or components resulting from abuse, accident, altercation, or alteration, climatic slash environmental conditions, damage beyond normal use, freight damage, mishandling, misuse, or unauthorized repair. And then we have in all bold all caps, Ridgeway Clock Company disclaims any 
liability for incidental or consequential damages arising out of breach of this warranty or any implied warranty. Implied warranties on this product shall be in effect only for the duration of the express warranty set forth above and thereafter. There shall be no warranties, express or implied, uh, including merchantability or fitness for any particular purpose on this product. End of all bold. End of all caps. Some states do not allow the exclusion or limitation of incidental or consequential damages or the limitation on how long an implied warranty lasts so the above limitations or exclusions may not apply to you. This warranty gives you specific legal rights and you may also have other rights which vary from state to state. Next section, all bold, all caps, underlined. Service Information before pursuing service, ensure that all instructions provided with your product have been carefully followed. These instructions will provide detailed information to answer most questions. Contact the Ridgeway website, uh, www.ridgewayclocks.com, for a list of frequently asked questions that may conveniently resolve your problem or answer your questions. In the unlikely event that your clock appears to be malfunctioning or requires repair, in uh, all caps, North America, please call one of our repair technicians at 616-748-2650. All caps, outside North America, please call your distributor or agent. If they determine that the problem cannot be easy, easily resolved, they will help locate a service center in your area. Before calling, please have the following information available. The model number and serial number can be found on the product information label. Uh, parentheses C general information and now we have um, areas for to import your model number serial number date purchased where purchased and then a brief description of your problem so there's areas for you to enter all that info please also have these instructions on the sales receipt or other comparable proof of original purchase available at the time of your call most problems can be quickly resolved without returning the clock for service. That's hope the, that's the case, especially not wanting to move the clock if not necessary. All right, next section, all bold, all caps, underlined, procedures to obtain repair service. And there are five steps here. One, Contact the dealer from whom you originally purchased the product or an authorized service center. Service charges will not be paid for any repairs not performed by an authorized service center. Step 2. You will be required to provide a copy of the sales receipt or other comparable proof of original purchase to obtain warranty service. Step 3. Provide the dealer service center with the model number and serial number and a complete description of the problem. The dealer slash service center will make arrangements with you to service the product and or to order any required parts. It's funny that I read dealer slash service and I, 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 uh, I say slash and then you might have heard me pause after I said and or. It's because I thought to myself, huh, that's funny. I, I just say and or because I think we're used to just hearing and or and understanding there's a implied slash there where 
if I say dealer service, there's not an implied slash, which is why I'm reading it as such. Moving on, step four. Dealers and service centers do not need prior authorization for service and repairs. The dealer slash service center will provide the necessary service and charge the party responsible within the guidelines of the limited warranty. And finally, step five, return authorization is required for all returns. If you have been given authorization to return the product, you will be provided with a return authorization number, parentheses R, A, and then the, the pound symbol or the, the number sign. Please include this return authorization number above your name on the address label. Also include a copy, and then it says in parentheses, original receipts should never be submitted as they cannot be returned, of the sales receipt or other comparable proof of original purchase. Returns without prior authorization or proof of purchase may be subject to additional charges and delays. If a return is necessary, please package clock in the, quote, original packaging, or excuse me, not quote, all caps, original packaging. Failure to properly pack the clock may cause damage that is not covered under warranty. And I am just guessing if for some reason you you threw away your original packaging that Ridgeway would probably help you with the packaging you needed to get it back if you got to this point. Going out on a limb there. Alright, we've we're we've made it. We're at the final page of the Ridgeway Grandfather Clock Manual. All bold, all caps, underlined, non-warranty repair service. Charges will result for repair services if a sales receipt or other comparable proof of original purchase is not provided, if instructions were not followed, if the product is beyond the limited warranty period, or is otherwise outside the scope of the limited warranty. Next section, all bold, all caps, underlined, Minor adjustments not covered under warranty. The following minor adjustments are not covered under this warranty. Repair service and or parts to correct these adjustments are at the consumer's expense. There are four listed. One, quote, setup. Setup instructions have been provided with your product. Two, mechanical movement oiling and cleaning. The movement in your clock is a mechanical me uh, mechanism and therefore requires periodic oiling and cleaning depending on climatic and environmental conditions. Under normal conditions of movement requires oiling with high quality clock oil approximately every two years from the date of purchase. Please contact a qualified clock repair person or authorized service center for this service. 3. Replacement of suspension spring. Replacement instructions have been provided with your product. Please return broken suspension spring to us for proper identification and replacement. And four, pendulum, timing, and chime slash strike hammer adjustments. Instructions for these adjustments have been provided in this publication. Next section. The final section before two, two, a very... Um, final sections at the very bottom of the, the manual, but um, this is the, I guess this is the final warranty um, section. Um, 
all bold, all caps, underlined. Freight damage not covered under warranty. It is the responsibility of the consignee to claim any freight loss or damage directly with the carrier. If the carton indicates signs of, quote, visible damage, instruct the driver to note the damage on the freight bill. If the carton contains, quote, concealed damage, notify the carrier and request in writing within 14 days of product receipt a carrier inspection and damage report. Failure to notify the carrier within 14 days of product receipt may waive your rights to a damage claim. All right, we've reached the last set of instructions. All bold, all caps, important and underlined because they are important safety instructions. And then in just bold for UL electrical furnishings, I don't know what UL stands for. And then below that, no bold. Read all instructions before using this product. And that text is center aligned on the page. So we're going to go far left, left aligned, all bold, all caps, warning, dash, and now just in bold. To reduce the risk of burns, fire, electric shock, or injury to persons, basic precautions should always be followed when using electrical, the bolds done, furnishings, including the following. And it has a list of A through L. A. Unplug from outlet before cleaning or pulling on parts or taking off parts. B. Close supervision is required when this furnishings is used by or near children, handicapped or disabled persons. C. Use this furnishing only for its intended use as described in its instructions. Do not use attachments not recommended by the manufacturer. D. Never operate this furnishing if it has damaged cord, uh, if it has a damaged cord or plug, if it is not working properly, if it has been da- uh, dropped or damaged, or dropped into water. Return the furnishing to a service center for examination and repair. E. Keep cord away from heated surfaces. F. Never operate the furnishing with the air openings blocked. Keep the air openings free of lint hair, and the like. (laughs) That's funny. The like. G. Never drop or insert any object into any opening. H. Do not use outdoors. I. Do not operate where aerosol, parentheses spray, products are being used or where oxygen is being administered. J. To disconnect, turn all controls to the off position then remove plug from outlet. K. For grounded products, connect this furnishing to a properly grounded outlet only. L. For loading, always put heavier items at the bottom and not near the top in order to help prevent the possibility of the furnishing tipping over. And then a final warning, all bold, all caps, warning, now just bold, Risk of injury to persons. Do not use this furnishing to support video equipment such as televisions or computer monitors. And then our final instruction, which is the important one, the one that I am certain with a hundred percent certainty that I have never done 
but have always been advised to by any product manual that I've read over the years. Save these instructions. And that's bolded in caps. The very last thing you read. We might have read it earlier, but um so a, a final reminder to save it. This is this is good stuff and, and it's helpful and the troubleshooting is I think more more important for this clock than than uh, a lot of other products that that I've come across over um, over my life in my life. So hold on to this manual. Obviously, holding on to it not as important as it, I found it online, but it, it, I think it's helpful to have it printed in front of you. Um, I would have someone if I had a Ridgeway grandfather clock having any issues apart from maybe some of the minute and hour hands and changing some sometimes there any issues with the the internal you know mechanism not working i would have a professional clock fixer clock man clock woman uh clock worker i would have them come in and give it a look and suggest how to fix it or fix it for me so there you have it. That was the Ridgeway grandfather clock. What'd you guys think? I hope that it was illuminating, that the inner workings of this clock and, and how it put together help ease your mind a little bit. And, 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 and if it didn't, it was fascinating enough to keep you listening. So either way, I'm looking forward to the next one. If if uh, a couple of things as I'm I'm finishing this up, if you've gotten this far, please the the uh, the iTunes, the Apple reviews, the the reviews and the the ratings, the five star ratings are are important and they're helpful. So please take the time. Uh, the podcast app actually made it much easier these days just to quickly click on the five star and hit submit. It's it's much easier than it used to be, so please do that. Um, if you have any suggestions or any manuals that you would love to hear read in the future, please tweet them out to me. I'm at where is CP? C as in cat, P as in Paul, I guess. Where is CP on Twitter? Um, and, and obviously a lot of people listen to this, uh, at least at the moment, know me. So you could always uh, send me a message as well on any social media. Um, otherwise until the next one, have a great day.